This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Sunday, April 11th, 2021. On this day in 1981, a horrific quadruple murder was committed in Keddie, California. It remains unsolved to this day. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of violence and murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the senseless and grisly murders of four people, three of whom were from the same family. Let's go back to April 11, 1981, in a town in Plumas County, California, home to the Keddie Resort. It was the very early morning hours on a beautiful spring day. 14-year-old Sheila Sharp walked along the Ketty Resort Road. She was returning home from a sleepover with friends at the cabin next door. The resort boasted 33 cabins near fishing and hiking areas in the mountains of Northern California. It had seen better days, but the destination was home to many hardworking residents and loving families. One of these families was the Sharps, who had lived in cabin number 28 for about five months. When Sheila opened the front door to cabin 28, she screamed in horror. While she'd been sleeping next door, something terrible had befallen her family. There were dead bodies strewn about the cabin. Gore splattered the floor and the walls, all over the furniture, and was even splashed on the ceiling. She found the corpses of her 15-year-old brother, John, and her brother's friend, 17-year-old Dana Wingate. Gruesomely, the bodies of the two boys had been bound together with wires and tape. Lying under a bloody yellow blanket was her mother, 36-year-old Glenna Sue Sharp. The bottoms of Sue's feet were bloody. One theory posits that the killer walked her around the blood-soaked room while she was still alive so she could take in what had been done to the others before she was killed. After Sheila raised the alarm, Jan Albin, co-owner of the resort, placed a call to police. Once law enforcement was on the way, Sheila went to look for her youngest brothers, Greg and Rick. She found them and a friend, 12-year-old Justin Smart, safe and fast asleep in the same cabin. Bizarrely, the boys claimed to have been asleep the whole time and completely unaware of the grisly killings. When Deputy Hank Clement began investigating, he found that the murders were even more horrible than they at first appeared. 
The three victims had all been bound with tape and electrical cords. They all had blunt force wounds from being bludgeoned with a hammer. Sheila's mother and brother had also been stabbed repeatedly and their throats slashed. Clement found the knife at the scene and noticed that its blade had been bent backward. Clement could tell that even though no one had been killed by a gunshot, the murderer had a gun with him. Sheila's mother had been bludgeoned with a rifle butt in addition to the knife attack. Under the yellow blanket, Sue was nude from the waist down. The killer had used her own underwear to gag her. The killings were so brutal and somehow so personal, and nothing had been taken from the scene. Clement ruled out robbery as a likely motive. This massacre seemed planned and deliberate. Later in the investigation, after an autopsy was performed on Dana Wingate, it was discovered that in addition to his other wounds, he had been strangled. This scene of carnage had been caused by bare hands, a hammer, a knife, and a rifle butt. Law enforcement thought it possible that since there were so many different murder methods, that there was more than one killer. It was the deadliest and most gruesome murder scene Plumas County had ever seen. While everyone was processing what had happened, it actually took some time before the disappearance of Sheila's sister, 12-year-old Tina Sharp, was noted. Once Sheila realized Tina was gone, she panicked and frantically tried to locate her. Searchers combed the cabin resort and the surrounding area, but she didn't turn up. Thinking she may have fled the scene during the attack, law enforcement released an all-points bulletin for all surrounding counties. But Tina Sharp had vanished without a trace. Coming up, we'll look at some theories and suspects in this puzzling unsolved case. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast Network. The Vatican is one of the most recognizable religious sites in the world, but it's also a powerful institution, its unique history full of secrecy. This Easter, my show Conspiracy Theories looks deep into the church's past to uncover how it became what it is today. Starting April 5th, our new four-part miniseries, Mysteries of the Vatican, dives in to examine some of the most prominent conspiracy theories surrounding this mysterious organization. From the church's sordid rise to power, to prophetic visions, and even assassination attempts. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories, to hear Mysteries of the Vatican. New episodes air every Monday and Wednesday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. 
On April 11, 1981, a ruthless attack in Cabin 28 at the Keddie Resort left Sue Sharp, John Sharp, and Dana Wingate dead. While the search for missing 12-year-old Tina Sharp continued, officers took their first step toward trying to find the perpetrators of the massacre. Since there were so many deep knife wounds at the scene and the gashes were so violent, the assailant might have injured themselves in the process. The police notified local hospitals looking for anyone who had come in with suspicious knife wounds. Investigators talked to other families staying in the cabin resort. Somehow, none of them had heard any disturbance that night. But one witness who was able to describe his story to investigators was 12-year-old survivor Justin Smart. However, his account kept changing. Originally, he claimed he slept through the whole thing, but he also told the police that he'd watched the whole brutal massacre from a doorway. Additionally, he claimed he saw the killings in a dream. Eager to find out what the child might know, investigators had Smart hypnotized. Based on the realistic and detailed story he told, and the way it matched up with the crime scene, the psychologist felt he had indeed seen the whole horrible event. It was too traumatic for him, and his psyche led him to believe it had only been a dream. Smart described two perpetrators and what they were wearing, and said they'd attacked with both a hammer and a pocket knife. Chillingly, one detail Smart shared from his alleged dream was one of the men grabbing Tina and carrying her out of the cabin. Despite all the details of seemingly accurate memories, Justin Smart's account didn't lead to any arrests. Even after years of intense investigation, publicizing of potential suspects, and anonymous tips from the public, no progress was made in tracking down the killers or finding Tina. In fact, no breaks came in the confounding case until April of 1984. A human skull was found three years to the day of the murders in a town called Feather Falls, about 50 miles from Keddy. Dental records showed that it belonged to Tina Sharp. Intriguingly, the medical examiner was able to pinpoint her death as having taken place after November 1, 1981. That would have meant Tina was alive for around seven months after the slaughter in the cabin. Her cause of death was not able to be determined. The most promising suspects that were brought to light were two men, Bo Bobaday and Martin Smart. They had also been staying at the Keddie Camping Resort, and both had criminal histories. Smart had been living in Cabin 26 with his wife Marilyn and her son Justin, who had witnessed the crime. Smart was a strong suspect, partially based on an emotional letter he wrote to Marilyn on flowery paper after she left him, right after the murders. It said, I've paid the price of your love, and now I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through? Even though the two men were of interest, there wasn't enough proof to arrest them. Still, to this day, no one knows who was really responsible for the horrific murders at the Keddie cabin and young Tina's death. 
One person who is starting to get a clearer picture, though, is Mike Gamberg, a retired deputy who worked the investigation at the time. In August 2013, the Plumas County Sheriff invited him out of retirement to come back and try to solve the cold case. Gamberg felt that a lot of mistakes were made during the initial investigation, including leads not followed and lost evidence. He said, if the right things had been done, this thing would have been solved within weeks of the homicide. Instead, 40 years later, the investigation continues and could be drawing closer to identifying a perpetrator once and for all. In 2018, forensic technology not available at the time of the crime enabled investigators to retrieve a small sample of DNA from a piece of binding tape found at the scene. According to Gamberg, the DNA matches a known and still living suspect. He's not naming the person to the public yet, but he continues to work the case, intent on bringing justice to the victims of the Keddie Cabin murders. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Unsolved Murders. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells and Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 